It took 20 minutes by a helicopter to fly from one end of the Scilly Islands to Penzance. Benjamin Pike had spent the first half of this relatively short trip, convinced that the man sitting next to him intended to kill him before they arrived. It had been an excruciating, regret-filled ten minutes. Regrets made all the more painful, because if he could have gotten to Penzance, he'd have made them right. He'd have talked to Max, told her everything. Fearing her anger or outright rejection wasn't a good enough reason to hold back, nor was it fair to her. In the midst of his self-recriminations, he spotted the lights of Cornwall's coast, appearing like bright, tiny gems on jeweler's velvet, and hope sparked in his chest. If they planned to kill him, surely they'd have done it by now. He glanced at Tommy. His large, round head rested against the back of his seat, and his arms were folded across his broad chest. It was too dark for Ben to make out his face, and he wondered if the man had fallen asleep. By shifting, he was able to peer between the two seats in front and could make out the pilot's profile, cast in an eerie shade of green from the glow of the craft's instruments. The slash of a nose, the ubiquitous toothpick now gripped steady between his teeth. Cret seemed intent on flying the craft. No, Ben decided, if these men had orders to kill him, he'd be sinking into the Atlantic by now, and his escorts would be on their way back to the island, like a flight crew returning from a successful mission. He ran a hand through his thick white hair and wiped at the dampness accumulating on the back of his neck. Strange to be sweating a thousand feet above the ground in a helicopter without any doors. His face was numb with cold. He wiped his hand against his khakis drew in a deep breath, and expelled it. What if he had died without being able to explain any of this to Max? He clenched a fist and wrapped his other hand around it. He needed to call her as soon as he could get to a phone, ask her to come here, insist on it this time. She'd be confused at first, perhaps angry, but she had to understand how her destiny and the stones were entwined, as was his. He refused to believe otherwise. The helicopter bumped over some turbulence, and Ben squeezed his eyes shut. He put himself back on the island, imagining what he'd say when he returned. Why had Murdoch been in such a damned hurry to get him off the island? He couldn't have known Ben's plans, could he? Damn, he was so close. Thirty years, and it had finally come together like the pieces of a miraculous puzzle. He'd found the final piece, seen it, touched it. He could make it whole. If only he'd gotten past Murdoch, Ben knew he could have explained. He believed in a world where reasonable minds prevailed. There had to be a way to recover. After he called Max, he would call Antony. Within two hours, they'd be on their way back to the island. With any luck, they'd be there by morning. Murdoch would wait until then to report Ben's alleged misdeed. Ben sucked in a deep breath and released it slowly. He visualized the stone, imagined holding it, feeling its warmth. Its greens danced and vacillated, cloaking the flame within. Consider your advantages, he told himself. Work from there. Beside him, Tommy shifted his bulk and dropped his hands into his lap. Ben glanced out the door. It took a moment for him to reestablish his bearings, 
and when he did he knew something was wrong. They were still out over the water. England was on the right. They were heading north rather than east toward Penzance.